in and out of God. Holla! Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm reading my rave review for the Great American Jew novel to my father from the Midwest Book Review, proving how the book wasn't too overtly annoying Jewy for the heartland's taste. Holla! Soon after, my dad blurts out, Always knew you can do it. <laughs> Just kidding. Instead, he blurts out with <laughs> flabbergated disgust. Eating kosher outside the home, too, is very extreme. You'll never be Orthodox Jewish, you know. <laughs> I say, because I'm a, funny enough, Fagala, Hala, who owns more pairs of designer sneakers that, than I'm comfortable admitting. Hala! I bought all of them at the Nordstrom Rack in White Plains, New York. So that must earn me some humble man props within the hardcore Chabad houses in Crown Heights. Don't you think so, Pops? Holla! Rabbi Mendel Schneerson lives. Thank you very much! <laughs> also, Pops, I never have sex with my wife on the rag, nor got up for mere plowing of her snuggle shine box for Torah commanded business sake every Friday night after the lights come down for Shabbat either. Holla! So I share that much in common with the hardcore Hasidic Orthodox Jews than you think, Dad. <laughs> Actually, I identify more with the Hasidic women homemakers than Orthodox Jews who break down the Talmud every day arguing for why Madonna's Blown up camel toe snatch is largely a result of Dennis Rodman occupying her ever expanding territory longer than most. Holla! For some Yenta breath from Long Island, allegedly, according to Vice, literally yanked off his joystick into. Holla! Thank you very much! <laughs> Understand, I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona over Christmas break and famished. Yeah, pretty burnt out on fish fillets from McDonald's. And I wasn't feeling a fried fish burrito from Mexican fast food chain Rubio's just yet. If my hangover was less severe, it would have been a more alluring possibility. <laughs> but I'd already done my research on Yelp and found a couple of kosher haunts nearby I hadn't tried yet. One place turned out to be a purely vegetarian haunt, which I should have realized from like the parking lot as I spotted an anemic Zoe Kravitz clone on the outside patio, sucking down another American spirit for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> then I tracked down a kosher food truck, which was closed next to a Jewish community center in Scottsdale, Arizona. Yet I felt like another wandering, starved, direction-challenged Jew lost in the desert again, without any imminent relief for hunger pangs in sight. <laughs> then I thought, in and out is close by. I'll write off breaking my extreme commitment to upholding the kosherian diet because I'm writing a book on the subject. And everybody breaks their diet at some point, right? <laughs> I don't want to come across as an all-knowing, exalted, funny man Jew who isn't a slave to his inhalatory, animalistic leanings from time to time. <laughs> so I wait online at the In-N-Out off of Frank Lloyd Wright Boulevard and think, this MILF is so hot, I don't care if she has six million kids I want to inhale her, animal style, on the spot from head to toe. <laughs> then, my double-double cheeseburger, animal style, animal style, arrives. 
and I decide to tear into it with zero reservation. Like the first time Jared Kushner went down on Ivanka because his rose water infused lunch didn't fill him up. Less than he anticipated. Hala! I didn't enjoy one nosh on my In-N-Out burger. The Ivanka Trump of cheeseburger, cheeseburger. It wasn't. <laughs> Belushi lives. Holla! Thank you very much. Afterwards, as I receive a Hanukkah pedicure away from my three kids back east in splendid isolation. I don't need no one. Zivon lives. Holla! Thank you very much. Zevon Zappa Kornbluth for my female adoring fans. But things don't work out in the end uh, with the current wife and you want another kid? Uh, I haven't been nipped yet and I love that name and want to make it an actual reality and not just a fictional character. So um, email me sometime and we'll see if uh, there's a love connection possibility after all. Holla! Thank you very much! <laughs> Yeah, so that In-N-Out burger, I did not enjoy one bit. And I couldn't have been like more indecisive you know, prior to deciding whether I should order or not. I felt more indecisive than Jerry Kushner holding up the salad bar line at the Bellagio. Holla! Thank you very much! So I'm getting my Hanukkah pedicure post-Hanukkah gift pedicure, away from my three kids back east in splendid isolation. I thought, are you in and out of God or what? Holla! In and out of God! Thank you very much! Later, during my trip, my father issued an ultimatum declaring by my parents' beautifully tiled, well-earned Arizona estate home while I became at one with the pool in God's beautiful imbibed universe by emphatically stating, and this is my dad. I can make a better burger than In-N-Out. So I put my father to the test. Took a pleasant schlep to East Phoenix to a place called the Imperial Kosher Market to pick up some premium ground kosher meat in the hopes of my dad not burning out the inherent laden flavor again. And succeed he did. Despite the Imperial Kosher Market looking more run-down disheveled than Matthew Perry on the set of Celebrity Rehab, I roasted up some diced up cherry tomatoes. Hand bathing cold pressed virgin olive oil, always the best. Fresh ground pepper, kosher salt, and chopped Mexican oregano from my mother's cactus rich garden to throw on top of the bomb burger, which insulated the burger with a rich shield of sweet sultriness, which drowned out any glaring dark black char marks on these heaven sent burger beauties. Enjoyed inside after watching the sunset over the beautiful desert bloom sun. I also sauteed some baby bella mushrooms, some sweet Vidalia onions, the sherry wine finish, which took this in and out of God-led family burger creation so much. Ah, Sly stone lives. Ah, thank you very much. And for this brief fleeting moment in time, when the COVID bullshit hadn't reached a peak fucking hysteria just yet, I felt more than all right in my parents' home sweet, kosher home for... The day I was there to bless it with my hilarious Kushitarian comedian, Funny Jew Bone. Holla! Thank you very much! <laughs> In and out of God! Holla! Thank you very much!
white privilege lasagna Holla! thank you very much lasagna I don't care who makes it is normally a soupy, saucy, droopy, ricotta plop, dumpy looking mess. <laughs> like my mother in law with spanks on. Holla! Thank you very much! For a native New Yorker like myself, I always saw lasagna as a tourist trap order. Like peep shows in Times Square in the 70s or apartment rebates in Manhattan today, offering 0.0 deposit on the first. And the first two months free since the greatest city in the world turned into an office space ghost town sponsored by REI. All thanks to the Italian reptilian inside. Good fucking riddance. Cuomo. Looks like the thing in Mama Fratelli from the Goonies had a baby. I can't take no more. Holla. Thank you very much. Also, if I hear one more story about some New York transplant renting out a million dollar mansion and... South Carolina to conduct Zoom meetings in splendid, far more spacious isolation. I'm going to drive our family SUV off the cliffs of chained middle class fix insanity. Holla! William Goldman lives. Princess Bride forevermore. Thank you very much! Lasagna. Isn't the most versatile dish to serve after winter either? I'd rather blow my calorie intake on hop-forward pilsners and four-sipper watermelon beers from 21st Amendment from... San Francisco! During the heat of the night this coming summer, then get weighed down by a dish full of heavy melted cheese, best suited for a shittier Godfather remake in the making. And how exciting is the standard ground meat stuffing offered in most lasagnas? <laughs> if I were eating kosher now, I'd prefer a bomb meatball palm hero from Carmine's off Broadway over the ground meat crumbled lasagna. Amorphous monstrosity any day of the week <laughs> because you're getting far heartier, tastier, meter loving bites. I also write a gay food blog for a closet of married men with kids called Meteor the Better. Holla! Thank you very much! Which reminds me, imagine uh, Kay confronting uh, Michael for one announcing the fact that uh, she's going to be uh, giving birth to a Hermaphrodite? <laughs> it's a hermaphrodite, Michael! I know how much you care about your sacred Sicilian seed! Ha! Thank you very much! <laughs> Fredo, I have the, the new best friend I never had! Ha! Oh, that's right! You already killed him! Thank you very much! <laughs> My wife made lasagna in the past with tofu stuffing inside which is as arousing as it sounds <laughs> tofu is no place in lasagna it's more out of place than a guido with a tan line in south beach on spring break Holla! thank you very much <laughs> outside of dumping on the totality with this fabled old school italian dinner time dish classic has to offer i'm going to spotlight a superior alternative that i learned to make from the Domesticated goddess of home, hearth, enhancement, Martha Stewart. The white privilege Mexican lasagna. Holla! Her friendship with Snoop Dogg is adorable, isn't it? Has anyone here tried the new Snoop Dogg wine, actually? According to 
uh, wine advocate. It tastes like mouthwash used in Pornhood hell. Allah, thank you very much. You know your white privilege, Mexican lasagna is a hit. When even your normally snooty, compliment-free mother-in-law feels compelled to compliment it two bites in, uttering, this is very good. You're making my daughter look like a slacker, lazy brain in the kitchen in comparison. <laughs> she throwing the towel, 50 roll pierogies in for our next Yuki church bake sale-off, guaranteed. <laughs> I've fought with the Martha Stewart recipe over the years, yet my strongest batch of white privilege of Mexican lasagna use white corn tortillas, which tend to lean more toward the grating side in comparison, like COVID loonies who insist on wearing their masks in the car versus others willing to pull it down on the elevator alone to suck their thumb for added comfort. Holla! And again, like people that wear masks in the car, it's the equivalent of the God of War Ares insisting on wearing his tunic dress in the men's spa to conceal what a raging homo he is underneath. Holla! Thank you very much! And again, like AIDS is a pandemic, okay? So let's, <laughs> which was unprecedented move, like George Lopez doing five minutes of straight stand-up comedy without spicing his set with some Spanish in between to keep it cornier yet earthier real homes. Holla! White privilege, Mexican lasagna. Won't stop Asian hate. If the more we embrace culturally rich cuisines outside of our preconceived prejudices, the less clannish we'll act at home and out. Holla! For preaching the gospel a long time. Kid Rock, still waiting for that ball tickle. Thank you very much! Last, beating up on Chinese grandma isn't a good look. Thug lives matter. Holla! J.R. Smith doesn't even find the act cute. But at least J.R. Smith has an NBA ring and earned the right to party topless in Vegas for three days straight. At the same time, nobody thinks picking on Asian granny requires courage of any kind. And nobody is ever confusing your disgraced nuts as sticking balls to devise your new five-year mass mugger plan with. Offended yet? Then you can go woke yourself to a long time. That's the way the fortune cookie crumbles. Holla! Thank you very much! In Leo we trust. Holla! The other day, random mom says, why is your kid so happy? And I said, funnier dad, happier baby. Holla! My son, Samuel, chosen curls, was bound to, woo, possesses more happy muscle memory to flex from than a young Leonardo DiCaprio on the set of Growing Pains with a forever young-looking Alan Thicke. Holla! Thank you very much! Trust is earned from sustained excellence, such as Leo's star-powered acting performances in any Tarantino film without fail. Such as, unfortunately, I was going to say Inglorious Bastards. Why wasn't Leo in Inglorious Bastards? He fucked up on that one. But always annoying when you have like in-laws that admit, actually admit to 
not caring for the end of Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> what ending would they have preferred exactly uh, for uh, Hitler to uh, retire in in the Andes Mountains? You know, surrounded by a bunch of uh, George Soros, you know, fucking uh, like uh, Nazi, you know, playmates. You know, uh, fabricating uh, signatures for his uh, copy of uh, Mein Kampf. <laughs> Because uh, he's too busy sucking up more Malbec and smoking more uh, crystal meth while uh, working on his, you know, finest uh, SWAT sticker uh, art collection display <laughs> that uh, still looks like a couple of uh, gay uh, stick figures doing a 69 on a seesaw. Holla! Thank you very much! <laughs> Trump's the new Hitler. And what? And glorious bastards too? Holla! Thank you very much! <laughs> Trust makes the world go around. Trust went out the window. After Mr. Groper got sworn in as the President of the United States through Zoom. <laughs> Without a pee from the Supreme Court the day after democracy died. Holla! Especially when he learned that Amy Barrett was fucking Mia Farrow with better husband selection. Holla! Thank you very much! But the Leo Scramble Supreme still reigns supreme and is trustworthy enough to entrust your happiness in him for better days and more hope-filled tomorrows. Pregnant with superior feel-good possibility, James Brown lives. Holla! Sex machine and a half. It's the other half that knocks women out. Why they call me a sex machine and a half. Holla! Thank you very much! Plus, making a Leo consisting of lox, eggs, and onions will always remain an ideal anti-Semitic qualifier. Such as my gift book for the upcoming holiday season, The Great American Jew Novel. Holla! Knowing this divine, blessed, delectable breakfast, brunch, dinner-worthy, Delight creation consists of pricey, cut-up, overtly Jewy smoked salmon, caramelized onions, and scrambled eggs from local Jewish farmer legend, Bohemoth, good old Stu Leonard in Connecticut. Connecticut, the new New York. Holla! Thank you very much for the warm, sumptuous, funky, fishy, ingenious concoction. Gets swirled into a bowl with a pop Halloween. <laughs> because the outfits are, are so uh, dressy, alluring, neat Nazi-ish. <laughs> Oh, you freaking freaks. Like Lemmy from Moda. Yeah, I'm into collecting uh, uh, Nazi hats and shirts. Because I like to dress up like a, an organized Nazi. And I look like a, you know, disgusting, um, you know, metal software change. Holla! Thank you very much! <laughs> if I could wear the fucking Nazi uniform to church, I would. Holla! Thank you very much! <laughs> I like the shiny boots! No fucking dirty Guatemala ever touched with a temple pole! Holla! Thank you very much! Again, now Prince Harry roasted himself. Dressed up like a Nazi officer for Halloween. I give hardcore Archie some funny man credit for a change. Regardless, if Ricky Jarvis wrote the Mattel form, who tires of Holocaust films because he'd rather bitch in his latest stand up comedy special on harsh online tweets about his movie career. Which never achieved blast off, reducing him to be in bed with the Obamas and Netflix since HBO gave him a nice run while it lasted. <laughs> it's now more concerned with unmasking 
Woody, go to suck the thumb move <laughs> because it calms Dylan down. <laughs> Despite still showing all of his old school classic hilarious films such as Broadway, Danny Rose, which technically speaking came up pre Sunyi, <laughs> but but Louie can whip it out of his own dressing room after getting consent from fellow no name lesser female comics in the room. We got all of his stand up comedy special being taken down in New York Minute from HBO. Once the full court Me Too career work retrospective cancellation movement began. There's a joke. Don't cough out a fucking lung. Are they taking down the Rocky statue in Philly yet because it promotes white supremacy? Holla! Thank you very much! Go back to Ricky Jarvis giving hardcore archery some primo bashing Nazi material. To at least project the facade of being an ironic, detached, enjoyer viewer of Jewish humor. Such as who would kill Hitler first? Who would Hitler kill first? A Jewish albino or a balding ginger with a goatee? Holla! Thank you very much! <laughs> so back to the Leo Scramble Supreme. My son, Samuel Chosen Curls, was bound to... Woo! Can't get enough of it. He's four, by the way. The kid can request for me to play Slippery When Wet by Bon Jovi on vinyl or in the car through Spotify. Can ask Daddy to reheat the rest of his... Leo Scramble Supreme, yet still can't go to bed without a nappy. Dummy dropping his saggy, drenched, fill nappy down our stairwell the following morning, only to sing with unmatched father son bonding glee. Big plopping! Warren lives. They sang big talking. Holla! Janie Lane forevermore. Thank you very much! Again, Chosen Curls was bound to woo! No longer dumps in his pants and goes to the bathroom for a number two with big boy precision. At the same time, one night as I got ready to read the Guinness Book of World Records. Wanting to kill myself soon after from learning how much money Kevin Hart made last year. Which doesn't make me a Kevin Hart hater. It just makes me a bemused, short and laugh spectator like the rest. Holla! Thank you very much! I do love Kevin Hart's energy. I don't think he's a bad actor. He's gotten better over time. Whom I believe should buy the film rights to convert an autobiography of Wilson Pickett. Who sang A Man and a Half. To snag him one Oscar more than Eddie, who doesn't have the balls to do a stand-up comedy special again for some dumb reason, such as not wanting to be deemed a divisive comedian. Who dared to make fun of Michelle Obama's new parody remake, playing Tina Turner, titled, What's Talent Got to Do With It? Holla! And Wilson Pickett sang my favorite lyric, I found a true love, and I could shout about her, yeah, yeah, a truer call to action that I give a shit about taking. Not uttered on LinkedIn. No offense, Cuban. I'm sure your thought leadership posts are making freaking Jack Welch shake in his freaking uh, penny loafers made out of a leprechaun gold teeth. Ah, thank you very much. Again, I found the true love. And I call her Magnolia. And I can shout about her. Mangling the lyrics. I can shout about her. Yeah. Ah, a true call action. That I give a shit about taking, not uttered on LinkedIn, has ever been blasted, was such soul man, reverberating bravado. Holla! Anyway, this meandering piece is what you get when I'm off Adderall. My mother's in town blaming the great state of Texas for having to burn fucking furniture while Mr. Groper can't be bothered to visit a FEMA offer nothing more than airdropped. Leftover spam reserves from World War II. 
or some impossible to defrost packets of Tang left over from our moon landing in the 60s before we learned JFK told Frank not to invite Sammy Davis Jr. to his inauguration because becoming a Jew was a double whammy against him. What you should have known would have put his desirability factor in extreme jeopardy with Nazi profiteering Joe Kennedy control of the sun's balls as a whole, regardless of the war hero being the brightest star in the universe for a time. According to his backstabbed friends, old blue eyes who didn't sing New York, New York, until the late 60s during his more pleasantly content, plump years. Holla! Sinatra 2.0 lives. Thank you very much! <laughs> and again, if Ronan Farrow, if his real father wasn't Woody, if Frank Sinatra was actually Ronan Farrow's father, then why hasn't Woody Allen woken up next to the head of Secretarius yet? Holla! Thank you very much! But I did love Woody Allen's uh, last film about some middle-aged professor you know, trying to bang a girl half his age called Crimes and Misdemeanors. The Early Years. Ah! Thank you very much! Did you know that Woody Allen he had an entire collection of naked pictures of uh, Soon Yi when she's only nine years old in this top stock drawer? The only pic missing from the collection was the picture of Sunyi crying on the cover of Time Life magazine. Holla! Thank you very much! Yeah, so back to my son Chosen Curls. I'm getting ready for reading time and about to throw some sweats on for the occasion because I don't give a shit about looking like a trophy dad <laughs> when mom isn't home. At nine on a Tuesday, my four-year-old son barks at me, spread your cheeks. I said, where the hell did you learn that expression, spread your cheeks? Are you watching... Old episodes of Oz and your Amazon Fire, or what? <laughs> when I'm uh, busy banging out more all-star chapter editions to my collection of super snappy flash fiction short stories, waist of height, really short stories. Ha! Thank you very much! So the Leo Scramble Supreme is the bomb and couldn't be easier to make, even if Hunter Biden could handle making it with a hangover from hell. Whose hell-raising ways make my younger brother come off as a serial Underachiever slacker in comparison. Holla! And if a man is judged by the fruit he enables, and if Mr. Groper is a real man of unifying integrity, why wouldn't Mr. Unity ever tell his son to cut out creaming into his dead brother's wife seconds after the cremation ensued? Holla! The most amount of loving attention to the Leo Scramble Supreme is paid toward the caramelizing of the onions and butter under a low heat. But make sure to add some extra deepening caramelizing agent at the end, which could be as simple as a drop of pristine New York tap water or from bottled smart water, which adds an extra spring to your step, making you feel like Jennifer Aniston on the rebound. After you caramelize the onions, mix them into a beat-up egg batter mix with chopped up pieces of smoked salmon before dropping them into a semi-hot pan, bubbling with butter yumminess, itching to be immersed with such delectable, pristine, bright orange slivers of Smoked salmon. But don't be too aggressive with the swirling of the eggs into the mini circulation motions before they cook through enough before reaching the point of rubbery, sucky return. Holla! The last step is throwing the Leo Scramble Supreme into a bowl with a pre-plopped mound of cream cheese, which makes swirly stick together as one magic possible. And like my son, Chosen Curls was bound to woo. You'll be made in the shade. Made in the shade. Holla. Thank you very much. <laughs> Nachos.
should be fuck up stoner proof. Holla! Thank you very much! And this is Lay More Cheese on Me. Holla! Bon Jovi Lives. Gotta love zebra print pants. Holla! Thank you very much! Nachos should be fuck up stoner proof. Then again, so was Seth Rogen's acting career. Holla! Seth Rogen defending Minnesota. Rap babyface Omar. It's gonna work it out. Anti Semitism on Twitter is adorable, though. He says, Give me one speck of evidence that proves House of Rep. Zeninibs, Rep. Elon Omar hates Jewish New Yorkers more than Bernie Sanders hates his mother. Besides comparing 9 11 to Amy Winehouse's death, something happened to a beehive sporting, horn hiding, parasitical Jewess bitch who exploited the great. Palestinian song book for all it was worth. Holla! Thank you very much! I'm totally honest. Most nachos at bars suck. Because this one batch I had at Top Golf in Vegas before I saw Aerosmith live two summers ago, which is top priority of the summer. Holla! Daisy Confused lives. Before I saw Aerosmith live with an old school bud from LA, when hearing Steven Tyler. Belt out with Soul Man Serenade Precision. Chip away! Chip away at the stone! Holla! So back then, for my eventual Bernie Mass Party record celebration, didn't really amount to too much of a celebration because the Burning the Mass never happened. <laughs> Nonetheless, Back then, that was a good batch of nachos. We're way too fucking stoned on Vegas weed to recall how they were made special. <laughs> Chances are, though, the nachos weren't saggy gross like cottage cheese conjuring thighs. On, uh, you know, saggy tits uh, silverman these days. <laughs> Who, uh, you know, has the goal to make, like, outrageous comments such as, uh... What you have to say? Oh, uh, that's right. When Israel got attacked by Hamas, he's like, "We're not Israel." Like, yeah, we're not Israel. We don't like the uh, fake news uh, hero terrorist enabling scumbag like Mr. Groper. And also, hey, Memo, Sarah, try to understand this concept. When you fire five thousand rockets into Israel's backyard, don't expect that being Hamas. Should I expect? An edible gift basket from Edible Arrangements in return with a thank you note written in Farsi. Holla! Thank you very much! <laughs> yeah, but uh, shitty nachos have like weird unasked for additions like sliced canned black olives, <laughs> flavorless cheese, or heat-stripped jalapenos, which is a equivalent to a no-touch lap dance policy and twice as deflating. If your homemade nachos aren't inviting a nonstop barrage of rock-steady, blissed-out bites, then you probably dial back the cheese factor, like John Bon Jovi, trading in his luscious locks for the grizzled, shortened, gender-neutral Roger Waters great plop look on top. Holla! But there's no reason to tone down the cheese when making nachos, because you're not trying to reinvent yourself as the more mature, career-stable Axl Rose. I've made my kids various homemade batches of nachos, yet... My after-school nosh batch I made yesterday rocked them all because I wasn't afraid to go overboard 
the heartwarming good kind of cheese like 80's Journey, Chicago, Oreo Speedwagon, had a baby. Holla! Specifically, I used an entire zipper packet of Trader Joe's Mexican combo cheese. Showcasing Monterey, queso, pepper jack, and mozzarella to make Shishi Bitch Happiness Land a distinct possibility. Holla! Thank you very much! <laughs> you know, other cheeses to melt on your bomb after school nachos, such as cheddar, don't work nearly as good because they exude a less compatible musky heft, like the Italian six-string gunslinger Richie Sambora refusing to shave his chest hair for once in the presence of babyface John during the one dead or alive scrapped music video outtakes. <laughs> you can't just splatter a bunch of pre-shredded cheese on top of a pile of pre-made tortilla chips and think you're made in the shade like after a slippery one wet. When triple platinum before Kip Winger contemplated asking for his groupie's ID backstage again. <laughs> bon Jovi followed up Slippery One Wet with the equally masterful Superior Parts double album New Jersey. By doubling down on their na 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 cheesy magic on such rocking, dramatic, leering songs such as Born to Be My Baby and I'll Be There for You. At the same time, Bon Jovi rounded out their wall of cheesy sound with subtler, more varied, tingly flavor on songs such as living in sin. So you shouldn't shy away from injecting a deeper insertion of personalized pop to your homemade nachos, either by taking the time to caramelize, drain, wash black beans, sweet up, cut up yellow onions, blasts of lime on top, while adding olive oil, fried up leaves of baby spinach, before going for the all-out assault of shredded cheese, before broiling the cheesy veggie lace Greased up tortilla chips in the oven at a high 400 for 10 minutes max in a blaze of glory. Emilio Estevez lives. Ah, thank you very much. Also, add a plop of whole milk yogurt for a dipping sauce in the middle of your nacho tray, which is significantly less cheesy than using your standard O2 sour sour cream. <laughs> Digging into the mouth-watering pile of after-school nachos with my three kids, bumping our elbows together in the process, made me feel so brand new young. Blood on blood, nosh attacks, and this level of kick-ass magnitude give all forms of deeply flavorful, insanely joyous, chant-worthy, hair metal conjuring, cheesiness, a pretty good name. Holla! Thank you very much! Fussy about fungi! Holla! Thank you very much! Growing up. My mom's kosher chicken cutlets only got interesting whenever she threw some saute white mushrooms and garlic and parsley on top. These weren't meaty mushrooms such as the mighty meaty portobello, substantially chewy scrumptious shiitakes, or delectable geisha light oyster mushrooms either. Holla! Thank you very much! Personally, I prefer older Happy Enders, knowing they weren't yanked off the boat yesterday. Holla! Thank you very much! Whatever mushrooms they sold at A&P in the 80s and early 90s got the job done. Blue cheese on burgers wasn't a thing yet. Lamb burgers, forgot about it. Back then, you were lucky to find a deli who made sandwiches with barely defrosted iceberg lettuce. They didn't chip a tooth on in the process, which looked more billboard white than sickly discolored green whenever his dad threw on... The old school golden gloves for St. Patrick Day's 
bash celebrations again. Holla for Hanukkah. <laughs> My mother always made her specialty stuffed, baked, destemmed baby bella bomb mushroom appetizer with the delicious garlic parsley breadcrumb concoction with some cream cheese with some cream cheese mix in between to keep it dewy enough which helped counterbalance the Mariah Carey Christmas songs at full blast on constant rotation before Derek Jeter broke into her star-studded snatch before Puff blew it up beyond recognition so I was bound to try Recreating some magic mushroom love on my own someday. And be a time less gun shy about munching on some magic mushroom tripping caps in college eventually. <laughs> my senior year in high school, I'd order an occasional mushroom slice for lunch too. So I wasn't fussy about eating the psychedelic, dry, woodsy, dry caps straight up with no chaser either. Elmatic lives. Holla! Thank you very much! I'd even ask my boarding school burnout bug, Gledhill, at the time, to place the magic tripping caps into a warmed-up spinach wrap with some arugula and goat cheese to fend off any anxiety-consumed panic attack from eating the cow shit birth mushrooms by themselves alone. All alone. Holla! Heart lives. Thank you very much! But my first brush with mushroom madness wasn't from getting an uncontrollable case of the giggles my freshman year in college around my deadhead crew within the dorm room the size of Hunter Biden's slow day stash closet. Holla! Nor did I experience uncontrollable mushroom madness from filling up a sequoia tree in the valley and some magic caps and was sensual. Love thy tree like your hot neighbors. Beautiful sunshine snatch and who's got the big sunspot uh, tits. Uh, that's, uh, that's primo like fantasy material when you have a hard time releasing your wife already. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so... Nor did I experience that uncontrollable mushroom madness from filling up a sequoia tree in the valley on some magic caps in the most sensual, give a shit about foreplay sort of way. <laughs> Before I receive a call on my pre-smartphone, my tripping roommate in the park and hear, that light piercing through the back of your head isn't God, it's the police. Pull up your pants, we're out of here. Holla! No, I had to make my own first batch of stuffed portobello mushrooms with spinach Killed Roma tomatoes and Fantina cheese to experience my first brush of mushroom madness because it felt like I was eating a dirt sandwich from a health food store in a 70s Albert Brooks movie as I muttered to myself, isn't Fantina cheese high in cholesterol? And how do you live with yourself charging sky-high prices for an overseas melting cheese? Not including the fondue set I got as a housewarming gift from Penny Marshall after Lost in America became a smash success. That's how I got to cast Gary Marshall as the pit boss in Lost in America. You don't know who Gary Marshall is? Don't worry about it. All you need to know is this. There's no business like show business. Holla! Thank you very much! <laughs> the problem was I forgot to wipe the dirt off my mushroom caps in the nearby farmer's market, and I didn't have a personal shaman with an open third eye to point out my obvious oversight. So then... I never knew what dirt actually tasted like because I had neck surgery at two and my parents shielded me from high-contact sports like football. So I had no idea what a face full of dirt tasted like until I bit through my portobello sandwich, which turned me off from trying to unearth portobello magic for almost a whole decade on the backyard coal grill, making sandwiches with goat cheese and bitter greens on ciabatta roll instead. I felt 
so dirty after crunching on multiple bites of actual spec dirt. I feel like I was caught pledging myself to shemale stamp ads in the LA Weekly behind a garbage dump off Santa Monica Boulevard in broad daylight at a Tuesday at a hard 11 a.m. as the smell of musky ball sack permeates through Boys Town's ball smelly air. Holla! Andy Dick lives. Funny enough, Fagala. Thank you very much! The last time I experienced mushroom madness on this infuriatingly dejected level was this past Sunday after I made a decision to give my kids a brush with mushroom magic awesomeness by making them a moosewood classic. Moosewood being a famous vegetarian restaurant and prolific cookbook publisher Arthur in Ithaca, New York. I attend at Ithaca myself, otherwise known as Cornell's retarded next-door neighbor. Holla! I transferred to Ithaca my junior year because I outgrew tripping on mushrooms and filling up trees in my spare time. Still, I hate to be married to any script, unless I wrote it, of course. But even then, I like to mix things up and make things less dronishly, climax-free, predictable. So I decided to dice up the clean stuffed portobellos, brushed with a mix of sesame and tamari sauce, which is a thicker yet slightly watered down soy sauce. Think John Cho from Harold and Kumar. Go to White Castle, and you're already there. <laughs> Those same stuffed mini UFO-sized portobello mushrooms were also filled with a combo of high-end peanut butter called Smooth Operator, an old-school peanut butter shop in the West Village. And I also added ginger, diced up red peppers, and shredded dehydrated firm soy. Although the funky fresh umami twist was mixing these bomb supreme, magically flavorful fungi with some buckwheat soba noodles, which all three of my kids slurped up with instant glee instantly. Me taking two plus hours to make the entire dish helped my kids' readiness factor to attack the dish too. As we listened to Too Fast for Love on Vinyl from Motley Crue. From start to finish. Before mom, I got home from work later that evening after working lactation, playing the role of a boob doctor, whisperer consultant for the day. <laughs> Along the way, I tapped into my age of innocence with renewed fervor and played an inspired air guitar version of Too Fast for Love with our broomstick, hailing Monley Crew guitar slayer Mick Mars as the Freddy Krueger of shredding, who I need to write an article about one day in the hopes of selling it to fucking Pitchfork. Guitar World, or just posting another non-billable blog post such as shredding, hacking, hair metal, cliches, <laughs> anything but bearing the brutal thought of not letting the world know more about the most underrated metal guitar shredder of all time. Too Fast for Love, Molly Crew's debt album, which they recorded in two weeks straight max, is by far the most melodic, ferocious, heart-thumping, power punk pop record ever put on wax by the four hair metal horsemen. Holla! Thank you very much! Too Fast for Love is the hair metal answer. Sound like a fucking buzzsaw from hell, shredding those strings to shreds, as if his child support payments from his first marriage in his late 20s were depending on it. Now, I'm not comparing... My leisurely recreation of some Sunday slow mushroom magic to Mick Mars playing with his back against the wall on Molly Cruz Too Fast for Love. Um, although paying child support felt like the incoming imminent reality later that evening 
after I flip out on my wife for pointing out how the food was great, but the kitchen needs cleaning. Words of wisdom, ladies. When your husband bangs out another all-star dinner with no virtual grandparents in sight, resist the urge to minimize the specialness of the meal experience by treating him, again, like the fucking help. Next time, <laughs> my wife wants to get intimate on e-pills for all time's sake, I'll say, but you haven't gotten me that promised boo job three kids later? <laughs> I think I'll just feel up our tree in the garden instead. You're not the only stump humper in this relationship, you know. Holla! Thank you very much! Twice as happy pancakes. Holla! Thank you very much! Bombing a parenting is your kids not seeking out your company when they get older. Holla! Parents either make their kids feel good about themselves or not. Holla! Parents either offer sincere encouragement or not. Parents either train their kids to be superior, less error-prone versions of themselves, or don't give a shit, regardless, unless their kid's success starts to infringe upon their once rock-solid sense of impactful, joy-filled accomplishment in this life. Holla! Thank you very much! I wrote an Eastbound and Down Spock script ages ago for my daughter, Matilda Singing Rose Cornblit was born, about the main character, Kenny Powers, insisting his wife get an abortion because he dreamed of his future daughter becoming the most dominant, lesbian, lusting, heat-throwing softball pitcher of all time, threatening to overshadow his legacy. <laughs> when he hasn't even made his triumphant return to the majors yet. Holla! And he didn't want to be known as the bitch version of the Bonds family. Holla! At one point, Kenny Powers states, is the desire to outshine your kid a natural one? And his wife, April, says, no, Kenny, it's not. Ken Griffey and his son look like they were having a grand old time playing together, dropping fart bombs in the dugout in the 80s when they played together in Cincinnati for junior played for Seattle as a young Kurt Cobain saying, Somebody rape me! While living under a bridge. So, he could lose his virginity already. Ha! Thank you very much! <laughs> and again, Nirvana didn't kill hair metal. AIDS did. Ha! Before magic made HIV disappear. Thank you very much! <laughs> and I did not see the Foo Fighters do their first concert at MSG where everyone was uh, fully vaxxed, right? What does fully vaxxed mean? These, what does that mean today anymore? Anyone out there? Mueller, Mueller. Fully vaxxed means what? Access to Magic Johnson's secret stash? Holla! Thank you very much! But yeah, but the Foo Fighters did perform at MSG in front of like 50,000 plus in front of the, uh, the fully vaccinated Immune from receiving any form of praise for their musical taste throughout their ever-long, agilist lives. Ah, thank you very much! <laughs> but Dave Grohl's one of the good guys, bro! He's an accessory to murder. <laughs> if Kirk Cobain killed himself, then Woody Allen still stands a good shot of winning Father of the Year. Holla! Thank you very much! <laughs> I haven't thought of my eastbound and down spec script. Cooperstown or bust in ages. Where Kenny Powers pushes his trusted assistant Stevie to launch a media blitz campaign on his behalf to get the great Kenny Powers voted into Cooperstown already. Despite him not starting his return to the majors yet. <laughs> I thought this spec, definitely not my first, would get me into the esteemed biz launching 
writing Warner Brothers Fellowship. Because hope-filled, dream-powered action adds fiery, enthralling magic to our days. Not that you know anything about that, Mom. Oh! <laughs> Similar to my desire to kill as our stay-at-home comedian, in-house gourmand chef before becoming a star, Benjamin provided for my three kids one day, eventually already. Mueller, Mueller, holla. Hey, Mom, what did we learn about the Mueller report again? That Bob Mueller only parts his hair with good old-fashioned elbow grease? Holla! Thank you very much! We also learned what, Mom? What did we learn about Mueller? He's been charged to the FBI. Let 9-11 happen on his watch. Oh, yeah. Uh, we learned that uh, guns don't kill people. Um, FBI agents uh, failing to fulfill. always reward the extra effort you put in to please them. Kids can sense half-assed hearted displays of affection in the form of semi-sporadic visits from grandparents, Jita having all year to get a fucking new slip and slide since 86, or Baba Camp, Mama choosing to rebrand melatonin gummies as healthy vitamins and insists all of her three kids take them the few nights a week. She's home to play Julie Andrews or the grandpa from Princess Bride. She went to show off her old-school gender-shattering acting chops, allegedly. <laughs> when my mom wrapped up her last visit, she tells me in my son's lower bunk bed at a hard 6.45 p.m., you don't always have to be a 10 around your kids. God, a lot of motherly advice of this heat-warming magnitude. In other words, stop making Mimi and Papa look like such serial slackers already. <laughs> it's not our fault, Facebook. Made us the laziest grandparent generation of all time. Stop acting like you're choosing to make your kids the center of your universe instead of the reverse. You're not fooling shit. Holla! You don't have a choice in the matter. Holla! Thanks for the uh, <laughs> heartwarming bonding talk, as always, Mom. Holla! Thank you very much! The truth is, I couldn't half-ass fatherhood at this point if I tried. Giving with a jade-free, joyous heart on my kids when I'm getting stuck in their heads to unearth their inner hilarious light from where all-star chapters in my books is what I do best. I've also learned how kids grow closer to you when you don't talk down to them like perpetual morons. Also, holding them to a, a higher social standard than Antifa helps. Because of that, your kids become more expressively confident than you'd ever anticipate. For example, I made a tradition last year to get my three kids gifts on my birthday. On my birthday. Just so my wife can feel more ostracized <laughs> from our special circle of love than usual. Just kidding. I thought it was a touching idea because every birthday since becoming a dad 10 years ago makes me feel born again. Not like born again Muslim like John Brennan, but born again. Ah, thank you very much. Blessed with the divine power and opportunity to relive my age of innocence through my kids with warmer, wiser, more mature, deeper, starry-filled eyes as I become immersed in their dreamy, good-spewing, reflective light. Ah, thank you, Hashem. Long time, all the time. Thank you very much. Recently, my four-year-old son, Samuel, chosen curls, was bound to, woo, was helping me make pancakes. My double-handle pancake griddle, which is great for deflecting concrete milkshakes if Antifa barges into your home, protesting your right to make the family meal great again. Holla! While getting closer to your children from the more yucks and laughs and yummy dances you make. Holla! John Lennon lives, watching the wheels. Original super dad, stayed home dad, done good. Holla! Thank you very much! <laughs> After Samuel says, Can I crack the egg? He adds, Daddy, for your birthday, I want Predator and Han Solo. It's only two gifts, plus will make me twice as happy. I can't argue with funny man logic like that. Or else I'd be a miserable cunt in competition with my kids like the rest. <laughs> It's the reason why getting a single espresso versus a double espresso is bound to give me immediate buyer's remorse. 
Those do-it-all dads shouldn't be the ones circumcising their own happiness. When the wives and parents that still watch MSNBC do that to them enough already. Holla! Thank you very much! <laughs> Especially when these alleged female feminist figures in their life are supposed to be on their side. And they instead appear hell-bent on circumcising their happiness for them. Because you don't respect their glaring lack of... Uh, Intelligent tact and belief in you making your do-it-all dad your dreams come true. <laughs> but I got God on my side and the best home team imaginable. And some good old school friends. Jay, I love you. To play hard. For me. Like Charlie Hustle. When I say play hard, meaning love hard. Support hard. Believe hard. That sounds good. Thank you, Hashem. Holla! I'm holla! Thank you very much! This do-it-all dad train is bound for glory because my kids are well-fed with heartwarming memories of making Saturday strawberry pancakes with dad, which should be enough to satisfy their souls for now until daddy scores enough FU money on the horizon. We're talking of taking advantage of the Trader Joe's employee discount will sound more ridiculous than me following my mother's advice to become a half-assed dad who throws other parents' Kids shit out for a living, triple mast or not. Holla! Thank you very much! Uncomfortably queasy. Holla! Thank you very much! Weekend memories of my mom's craft mac and cheese. Don't fill me with comforting ease. For some reason, the mere image of a half-eaten bowl in the sink gives me imminent deathly chills inside. Like the time I started pissing on myself after sorting crystal meth prior, thinking it was just exceptionally pure uncut cocaine because after only one line five hours later I kept pronouncing out loud to myself this shit is great like a coked out Tony the Tiger used to bad coke which tastes like chalky Ajax in my mom's defense she worked full time as a loan officer for JP Morgan in Manhattan so I can't blame her for milling it in on Saturdays by throwing together some Kraft mac and cheese knowing my dad's half ass surly undersalted sickly looking off yellow scrambled eggs made before basketball practice on Saturdays, weren't filling me with unconditional, lovely cheer either. Again, I can't totally shit on my parents' half-hearted weekend creations in the kitchen throughout the 80s and early 90s because brunch wasn't a thing yet. Nor was any craft put into making mac and cheese from scratch yet. Using a plethora of fancy, foreign, pricey cheeses, such as specks of imported parm, always sultry smooth, Italian fantina, or rind-free French brie, lobster mac and cheese, wasn't conceived yet by some fabulous brunch visionary hotspot Russian owner in West Hollywood. Long for something dreamier to sink his teeth into at noon on a Saturday hungover, basking in the gorgeous L.A. patio sun after being burnt out on being weird on fried egg top cheeseburgers from Fatburger in Van Nuys as a kid. We shared a lesson in common with Adam Carolla growing up, then the wheatgrass bartender for Jamba Juice. So for Super Bowl Sunday this year, this old G decided to make my own Mac Daddy version of mac and cheese to make my three kosherian kids yell with unmatched glee. Party time! Excellent! I feel the funk. Not. Who's that black chick with awesome powers in the commercial, Daddy? Is she the mini-me version of Queen Latifah? I don't get it. My plan of attack was to create a Mac Daddy and cheese that wasn't too cheesy like the Phantom of the Opera halftime show because nothing screams halftime entertainment more than a bunch of jilted, creepy-looking dancers and masks 
putting on a Zero Thrills production of Phantom of the Opera. It's Friday the 13th during the year of COVID-19, which has unmasked all the propagandists in the media who prop up fake news working-class heroes such as Bruce Springsteen, who blames his manager for never paying taxes till he got on the cover of Time magazine after Born to Run blew up. But I digress. Bruce pretended he was an asset to avoid being drafted, yelling, War! What's it good for? Besides fodder, my upcoming Born in the USA album, but my fake news brother who dies in Vietnam, does your office look like a Salvador Dali took a giant kaleidoscope shit on your desk? And why does Uncle Sam keep pointing at me? It's not my fault Sandy is a miserable, knocked-up diner waitress who was born to cry in the dark and die alone in the Swamp Thing State. Holla! Bourdain lives. Thank you very much! Still... The Super Bowl is an American tradition, so I base my Mac Daddy and Cheese dish around the East Coast standard, always unifying, pretentious, free, yellow, Land O'Lakes, American cheese. I understand my wife openly detests American cheese, because she's more of an evolved hick who grew up in the hinterlands of Brisbane, Australia, who grew up playing with mud in the yard, knowing she only grew up with two TV stations in the Outback, mate. And if you've seen one episode of Astro Boy, you've seen them all. So making my star standalone dish for Super Bowl Sunday based on yellow, Land of Lakes American cheese required some level of American-made balls, knowing what potential all-knowing resistor fury lurked in the nearby distance as Tom Brady continued the greatest winning streak in life ever recorded, which helps when you're reunited with the always reliable Gronk as your go-to money-in-the-bank tight friend. At the same time, I didn't want the American cheese to be the sole attraction, similar to the weekend surrounding himself with the most unattractive, peaceful protesters against the savagery of self-esteem-enhancing plastic surgery within the sunshine-scurring state. My kids love broccoli, like myself, assuming you make it with love. De-stem all the florets, blanch them in a bucket of ice water. You pour in Bill Parcells. If it was made of Gatorade, Back in the day, before I sauteed them in a butter high in olive oil, sauteed them with sliced shallots and peeled up bits of garlic to ensure the gorgeous flowers of green match the intensity of hop-forward wonderfulness of my pounded 90-minute dogfish IPA prior, which took me only nine minutes. Which took me only nine minutes to finish my second. Holla! I used pasta macaroni shells. From some Italian pasta maker, which cost three bucks max. In addition, made a basic bechamel, including butter, flour, milk, and spicy brown mustard. To help the green goodness stick together with the torn up bits of American cheese and olive oil massage Mac Daddy shells, which look like glistening tubes of inhalatory perfection. The only complaint I received was Daddy using a tad too much fresh ground pepper to spice things up. Beyond memories of box. Craft mac and cheese, which are too uncomfortably queasy to replicate for the mere ease of convenience sake for my taste. I'm not going to call my Mac Daddy and Cheese the Tom Brady of mac and cheeses, although my four year old son continuing to polish off his bowl even after his mac and cheese cooled is still sustained excellence in my book, too. Holla! Thank you very much.